Welcome to the Hard Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Fomar, and founder of Hard Faith. I've been working in the film and television world for over 15 years. On Hard Faith, we're about asking difficult questions about life and faith in an R-rated world. We release monthly. You can subscribe and share today. You can also write in at info at hardfaith.com to ask questions or to learn about opportunities to sponsor or to be on the show. Today on the Hard Faith Podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Paul Schrader, filmmaker, director, writer, known for such titles as Raging Bull, The Last Temptation of Jesus Christ, Taxi Driver, and he recently directed The First Reformed, The Card Counter, and Master Gardener. Thank you, Paul, so much for coming on the show. So Hard Faith, I think you saw our explainer video. Um, It's just about telling stories of faith similar to what you've told, like in Hardcore or in First Reformed, um, in a realistic R-rated way. A big fan of First Reformed, I just re-listened to your commentary and your criticism of most faith-based films using, you know, the devil's toolbox to manipulate the audience. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Would you mind commenting just on the the state of the faith-based industry? Well, you know, as I I wrote in uh, my book, (coughs) the heart and soul of cinema is action and empathy. Uh, Empathy, we see an object and we empathize. It can be a tree, a car, a dog. We say, oh, I would like to have that car. Action is when that empathetic object starts to move. So that's what has made movies unique uh, in the history of art. They're the only ones that have action and empathy knotted together. And so they're a very effective tool and manipulating emotions. So then you get to the issue of is the sense of the spiritual, the holy other, the divine, is that an emotion or is that an awareness? And if it's an emotion, it can be manipulated just like you can manipulate a fast car in a James Bond movie. That easy. Mm-hmm. If it's an awareness, it's much more difficult. And it, has, and it goes through periods of contemplation, meditation, doubt, insight, you know, 40 days in the desert, uh, And that's not a movie. That's a different life process. And, uh, and, but movies are very uh, successful financially and they're very easy tools to use, you know. And so it's very tempting for people, I guess I would call them of belief. I don't know if I would call them of faith. There's a difference. Uh, 
you know, I believe this, and I can make you believe it by turning these knobs in these directions. Is that spirituality? Is that what what we strive for? Um, you know, I, I've lived uh, all my life in the uh, church from childhood until today, until a year ago, and they shut the church down. Uh, it's something that has uh, been on my mind my whole life. And sooner or later, every film will circle back in some way. Sometimes they're very sacrilegious. Sometimes they're turn uh, into a comedy, like in the Elmore Letters book, Touch, you know? uh, And sometimes they're deeply sincere. But that's sort of the way it is in the arts. You, uh, you have uh, a myriad of of reactions to the push pull of spiritual experience, uh, and I like I prefer the word spiritual to the word religious because religious tends to be a kind of sectarian term. In my religion versus your religion, and oh, to my spirituality versus yours. And uh, I've been doing a lot of work on this recently, and I'm developing a theory on the origins of Christianity. So I've been thinking a lot about this. Hmm. And um, so, you know, it's just as. Uh, a film has a religious subject matter and uses the word Jesus doesn't mean that it is more spiritual than one that doesn't. Um, it just depends how the depth of it is played. How the morality is played. I did a film called Affliction which I think is deeply, deeply moral. And I've seen the films about Christians, even biblical Christians, which are not even moral at all, which are just melodramas. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm very much with you. I agree. Um, I, so, you know, I'm spiritual Christian and converted to Christianity about a decade ago, this Easter. And I didn't know that faith-based films even existed, um, you know, cause they're just not that mainstream and most of them are not that good. And uh, so I watched some of them and after reading the Bible and then re watching these films, it was hard for me to reconcile what the two had in common. Yeah, well, other than economics. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Because you know, they these films do quite well. They do, sadly. Because they they're like Bollywood films. 
you know, Bollywood films do very well in in the United States. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. No. Because they're advertised and promoted in Bollywood community. Hmm. You'd never see an ad for them. No. But if you are an Indian or from the subcontinent, every time you walk into a store, every time you walk down the street, you see an ad. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bollywood is, the U.S. is the second largest Bollywood market in the world. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> and and, and faith-based films work the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the posters are in the church lobby. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't like the commercialization or, like, assuming that the churches are going to distribute your movie or the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be a bit yeah. of uh, selling in the temple. <laughs> How would you say, um, you know, from your spiritual journey, I've read, you know, and heard you speak um, about the Dutch Reformed tradition you were raised in, not allowed to watch movies. Um, and there's something, you know, Mao, the Fuller Theological uh, President, wrote about uh, Calvinism in a Las Vegas airport. So how would you differ what you were raised to believe? Yeah, I know. He, uh, in fact, he, I, I knew him. He, was at, he used to teach at Calvin. Yeah. And then he went over to Fullerton. And so I, I, I know Richard. Um, so continue. Oh, well, how do you... How would you um, explain your faith journey from what you were raised to believe versus what you believe today? That film uh, is a sophomore kind of effort. It's an attempt to slap my dad on the back of his head and slap my church and all of that. Uh, So there's not much spiritual in there. Uh, you know, it wasn't until later that I started making more spiritual films. But I never thought I would take on the subject itself until I got this idea for uh, first reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, the character in first reform. It's not that different from a taxi, the taxi driver, the gigolo, the drug dealer. Uh, it's one of these lonely guys who sits in the room and uh, wears a mask. And the mask is his profession. It's waiting for something to happen in his life. And, uh, the fact that I was able to make him uh, made the film of necessity more spiritual uh, because the spirituality of level of a which is coming out in the fall is about a professional poker player mm-hmm. same but somehow when they wear a collar and and have deep moments of troubling doubt and they're ministers rather than poker players, it somehow seems to be more more relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
poker players have Dark Knights of the Soul too. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone escapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, you know, as far as spiritual films, um, you know, I put First Reformed up there for recommendations for people. Um, have you seen the film Calvary with uh, Brendan yeah. Gleeson? Yeah, I mean, have you read the updated version of my book? I have, Transcendentalism yeah. in Film. So I mentioned a lot of films in there. Yeah, you do. Uh, Calvary, I thought missed the mark, but I didn't want to attack it either. Yeah. I, um, it was too much of a human human drama to me. It wasn't enough of the existential drama. And also, now this is really uh, unfair, but that's true. Uh, we like our spiritual we like to be there their bodies. So they have to look like country priest mm -hmm. or Pierre Morin. You know, they have to they have to look like Bonnie Cliff. You have to actually see them physically bear the stress of their souls on their faces and their posture. And I, I, you don't get that from Brendan Gleeson. True. Yeah. You know, he, 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 you know, he looks more like Charles Lawton. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And, uh, and, that, and that's part of the metaphor of the suffering priest is the idea of the, the iconography of Diary of the Country Priest, the, the lonely priest in the winter, winter day just walking down the road. And you just feel all of that weight, and uh, and so th that was something that I I don't think I could have ever cast a movie that way. Mm. You know, I uh, you know, I I hate to say this because it's it's ageist and it's well, what's the other word we use now to make. <laughs> fat people <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, part of an actor's tools are the way his his pain you know comes through his the lines in his face you know and Montgomery Clift could do more sitting in a chair than 10 actors could do on stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that, 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 that to me was part of the problem with Calvary. If Hart was in the right place, uh, once you made that casting mistake. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the idea of the two pretty surroundings. You know, the... The articulation of the mundane is also part of it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, as I talk about in the book, mm-hmm. metric, uh composite, and all of that, so that you're not creating drama. Yeah. All, all the little tools of drama, the music and the dimensionality and the Baroque lighting, and just keep taking these tools away and wondering how long it will be before the viewer realizes that they're not going to be told how to feel. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Which church can often do that too, you know, the mega churches. Oh, and- Believe me, they do. Oh my, the smoke machines and the strobe lights and oh yeah, and then the the, the latest thing with these uh, monitors. Mm-hmm. If you don't have to actually have the hymnal in your hand, uh, I went back to my home church a couple of years ago, and we were a very conservative bunch back in the day, and I was sitting there and. People were raising their hands. Wow. And I think, well, what, what, do they want to be called upon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, and, you know, the, uh, that whole, uh, what's it called, about Faith Hill, Church Hill, that huge movement. Hillsong? Yeah, Hillsong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, but you know, you ever see the film about uh, the monks in France in in the Great Solitude? I think it's called. I don't think I have. I'll write it down. I think it is in, in the Great Solitude. It's two hours long, and it's about this. It's about. You know, people who, uh, you know, give their lives. Oh, no, I, I know the title now. I just thought of it. Into the Great Silence. Okay. And uh, it's a brilliant film. It's, it was so touching. I, I watched it, in a, and then I watched it again the second time, only this time I watched it with the lights off in the yoga position. Hmm. Cool. For two and it was as close to be meditation on film. Wow. As I've ever experienced, you know. Hmm. And, uh, and there was no cake and coffee after. <laughs> I, I think that's a good recommendation for watching First Reformed <laughs> in the meditative uh, position. It, it's a potent film. Um, you know how Reverend Toller at the beginning of the film is writing a journal that is, you know, so honest that he'll burn it at the end of a year. Is that inspired by a practice in in your tradition, or or where did that idea come from? I thought no, it came from. I'm reaching the end of the line. Yeah, and I've got to set a goalpost here, and if I can't resolve this in one year, then that's the end. Hmm. But I have now given myself a year-long lease on life. Hmm. 
and I will work this year. I will do my best all year long to get to a place where I don't have to burn it. Hmm. And uh, but if I don't get there, okay, I gave it a full year. What more? What more can I do? Hmm. Yeah, and and Toki drinks the Drano, right? <laughs> well, does he? Does he? I. I don't know. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I come to a different conclusion, but I think he does. <laughs> it's a it's a brilliant yeah. ending. Um, yeah. You mind me asking what project you're working on right now with Christianity and its uh, well foundations? Uh, yeah, you can't uh, publicize this, but it's okay. interesting. You know, I've worked over the years with uh, Scorsese. Mm -hmm. Sorry, folks. This part of the interview I have to censor because Paul asked me not to release publicly what he's working on next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your award. Good luck to your group. Thank you so much, Paul. Real honor to meet you. And I look forward to seeing your future films. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Hard Faith Podcast. Tune in next month to hear our next guest. Please subscribe and share.